welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they've also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk, or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Welcome to Mergatory. After a dramatic play at Tribal, the new era had one of the most dynamic episodes to date. So how did it all go down? It's time to talk all things Survivor 45, Pelican Pete's Private Island. And joining me is someone who may love this game more than I do. It's Baby Props himself, Zach Pfeiffer. How are you? Oh, I'm great. It's been a great week. I feel like I've like been on a Survivor high since the shot in the dark was pulled. It's been, uh, it's been riveting, and I'm... So happy to see Caleb for another week. Now, I am very much known for my loathing of the shot in the dark. Where do you stand (laughs) on it? All right. So I am someone who actually kind of loves the more stuff that Jeff piles into the show. It reminds me, I go in the opposite direction where you kind of have to be forced to have a stronger social game. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I feel like these twists are made to cause people to shake things up. But if you're solid, you're solid. And I feel like even in this, we'll get to it, but like even in this situation, there were many choices to be made that could have prevented J. Maya from going home. So I I think that like as much as the shot in the dark has not benefited the game and we've had it here and I don't think it will really pay off again for another like five seasons or so. It does make people paranoid, and mm-hmm. paranoia breaks trust. And this game's all about trust and information. So, um, I, I, so long story short, I like Shot in the Dark. I think it's uh, another layer to add to the social game, and I, I want people to contend with that. Now, since you are new to the podcast, tell the listeners a little bit about your history with the show. When did you start watching? Uh, if you have a favorite player or players, let's hear some. Yeah, so I'm a OG. I started back in season one with my family when I was a wee little seven-year-old um, and have been watching it on and off ever since. I, you know, I, d- I did the typical, like, went to college and, like, kind of dropped off for a couple years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then came back to New York and was like, I've got some catching up to do. Uh, and ever since then, really, like 2016, it's been like full throttle. So since then, it's been uh, a mixture of obsessing over the show and then it growing into a fantasy league, uh, which you're a part of, uh, sure which I has am. grown more and more every year to try to be not just another fantasy league where you are just like pulling names at random, but like add some 
some survivor elements to it. Uh, I've been doing that since season 36, I believe. Um, and then besides that, I run my own LRG, my own live reality game. Uh, I call it Sir Pfeiffer, uh, named after yours truly. Uh, and it's a uh, multi-day non-deprivation game. So people are not starving and camping outside unless they want to. Um, and it's really focused. I like to think of it as Survivor meets House Party meets mm -hmm. Big Brother meets um, a celebration of me. Because if I'm throwing these games, I want it to be fun. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big party, but also a great game. Every single season we've had so far has been pretty relentless. Uh, pretty, there's been crazy moments across all the seasons. We're about to do season eight out on the West Coast in February. Um, it'll be Sir Pfeiffer... Cowboys versus Aliens, and it'll be exciting. I'm very excited about that. that. Um, yeah, I have not yeah. gotten my chance to play into one of those games, uh, um, but eventually I will get there. There was a moment where I was going to play, and then I couldn't walk for a year, so oh. I was like, that's probably not a good time to play a live yeah. reality game. Yeah, yeah. You could always do an ORG, do an online yeah, could, one, but those are also another another monster. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, favorite players, let's hear some. Favorite players. Okay, so I mean, it's it's I'm kind of in the old school camp. I think that um, my favorite and like worship the ground she walks on. Poverty, like she can do no harm. Um, I loved watching her seasons, and I like even watching her in like Winners at War. I feel like she was kind of like free vacation and a guaranteed time to see my like husband and baby on this island. Like, why not? Or ex husband. Um, but I love her. I love her social game. I love what she was able to survive outside of the game um, as a young, attractive woman in the early 2000s playing reality television competition shows where everyone just like vilified her like for just existing and using her strengths. Um, and I love her for that. Um, I love her. I uh, adore Sari. Um, been watching her in Big Brother, rooting, rooting for her. Um, <laughs> Love her. And then, like, in the new era, I think, like, some of the new, like, more favorite players. Like, I love a Kelly Wentworth. Um, mm -hmm. Love my girlies. Um, and I guess in, like, the new era, I guess, like, my top girl is probably Tiffany. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Seely. I loved her so much. She was my winner pick for that season. And as the season was going, I was like, oh, this was a great choice for a winner pick. And then she left way too soon for my taste. So if they do Agreed. and when they Agreed. do a second chance for that, I like begging. Listen, it is time. I don't know what they're waiting for. I think that we need to do that little voting thing. Um, oh, just maybe yeah. do it a little better. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's time for a new second chance. But... I wouldn't be surprised if they go into this like new versus old school era, like tribe tribe. I'm here like, for it. Well, yeah. listen, you have a lot of options to pick from. Plenty, plenty. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go through this episode. Usually it would be like, what are your thoughts on the season? But I think we have to put that into the discussion of the episode because a lot of things from the previous episodes are now in this episode and really yes. um, made some decisions going to the end. Yeah. It's... They survived. <laughs> Kendra is still there. And so is that little mouse lurking around. And that might be the thing that would detract me from auditioning. I hate rodents. I don't do rodents. I know I see them on the subways and shit. I just don't. It's not for me. Not for me. 
Yeah, that would be rough. Especially if you woke up and there was like crawling on you, yeah, as no, mm-hmm. they do. Like the the OG seasons, you used to get those camera shots, and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Emily will say that for what it's worth, they did talk about considering telling Kendra about the vote. The only fear was that I would get back to Brando. Emily says she feels terrible for lying to her, but Kendra, she has good vibes only. She's that kind of girl, so she says it's all good. But we know it's not all good at all, ever. No, no. No, never. And Emily's feeling good about voting to get rid of Brendo. It's an A, Emily, not an E. Respect <laughs> the fallen. Why can't she get his name right? That's a good question. And she said it relentlessly. Like, it whether Brando, yeah, Brendo, Brent, it's like almost like a mm, mm. Um, but like, you know, I guess if she was going to vote him out, like, at least she spelled it right, you know? Yeah. But She tells us that this is the first time in the game where she felt like she was being brought into a team opposed to being manipulated or dragged on. She gives Kendra uh, credit for being so kind and she expected her to be a bit more set. Um, and that is what the confessionals are for, my friends. She seems cool, calm, and collected, but she is devastated as Emily flipped on her and now she wants to get revenge on Emily. And I want to point out some post-game interviews Brando had done where he mentioned two things that we didn't see. First, he allegedly had an advantage sewn into his buff at the merge, but he didn't get to read it as production took it back. Second, there was a camp raid on like day one where Kendra was sent and she bonded with Emily. And that may be the source of why Brando and Kendra felt that they had Emily and why they felt betrayed. Thoughts? Lots of thoughts. Um, I think first off, the other thing that I did hear as well was that there was talk about how Kendra, we didn't see this, uh, but I think Kendra was also doing a little bit of work to make the target not her and make it on Brando. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there was conversation about her talking to the other tribe members about how close Brando and Kelly were playing the middle. So I do think that like as devastated as she was and as much as she's like, I want revenge against Emily, like, there's got to be a part of her that is, like, connecting the dots between the raid, what she has done herself, and the autonomy that she's taking um, to seeing Brando go and not her. So, like, that, I, I, liked, I liked her playing it down and everything, and then her confessional. I, you know, I, I'm someone that I do not think that there is, like, any, like, intervention by producers by any, t- any sort in Survivor. But I am curious about the questions asked to, to Kendra in this moment of like, well, out of these people, who do you want to get out next? And I think that her targeting Emily as that person, I think, is a really interesting choice because she was on the bottom. She had a choice to make. So I guess it was her decision to be had. But uh, I would be a little bit more suspicious of Austin and Drew in those. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be keeping an eye on those gentlemen. And maybe now that you've lost Brando, like, Start butting up to these Rebas because, I don't know, that's just my initial impact on that. But talking about that, like, secret advantage that Brando had, um, there's a lot of speculation because apparently Brando didn't even read it himself before the, the producers right. took it back. So I have to think it was a time-sensitive, in-the-moment, like, uh, something to do with the swaps, whether it was, like, some control over where he was going or maybe flipping some people around or something in regards to that and i think it's just i look at that situation and i think it's a complete and utter flub by production mm-hmm. like at this point we are trained to keep these things secret if you get a note in your buff i am not going to be like oh let me just read this on this map real quick in front of everyone so 
whether it said like open now on the like open and read, like it needs to say something like that. We have right advantages that say beware. So like why why? Well, these? especially with the buffs, like they're used to wearing them. They know how to wear them and where to wear them. So I don't think he's going to analyze the inside of a buff when he gets it. He's just going to put it on and say thanks. Yeah, exactly. So. I find that like whatever twist or advantage that they were trying to put into play there that did not go the way they think it did, I think it's totally on them. And and like poor Brando because like it could have truly like changed his game. Like if he Absolutely. swapped into another one of these these groups, he would have been safe. So I I look at that and I it's such a unfortunate situation for for him. Um, and I, I think that, like, in the future going forward, I think survivors should take note of the fact that if if there's something that needs to be read now, then they should they should do that. They should make the exactly. read it now. <laughs> do we think there's been other uh, production flubs in the past that we just are not aware of? Oh, yeah. My favorites uh, is 43 uh, with Jonathan and the fish. Um, I don't know if you know about this one, but uh, there was an idol nullifier, I believe, in... Uh, a reward that was a bunch of fish. You know, they got the fish, the fish reward mm -hmm. with all these full fish, and apparently they had put it, put the um, I don't know the fire inside one of the fish, like one of the dead fish. And Jonathan, who is like this big old guy who is exhausted, who has been flaying fish like and catching them all season, is just mindlessly gutting this fish, and he just like guts it and then throws the guts into the ocean, including the I don't know the fire. And I think that is another situation where it's like, maybe we don't put idols or advantages inside like dead creatures. <laughs> Agreed. And, and I'll mention it later. Like, if you want to do it with food, I don't know, put a message at the bottom of a bowl of pasta. I don't know. Yes. That was brilliant. They've done that before. You or like at the bottom of a cake or in the rice or like something. But like inside or in of their fish. utensils. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of more creative ways to get those advantages um, strung along. Uh, but I do think that on surface, I think everyone's playing exactly how they should play coming back from a blind side with right. five people. Um, well, yeah. Kendra will tell them that she wants to work with them as a four. And Emily tells her to not read this as she's at the bottom. But Kendra has a petty side to her that she can't use in her day-to-day -day life because she lives in karma. But Survivor is the perfect place to let petty Kendra out. I love it. And that's I part of why show. I would love to play a reality show because I'm allowed to be petty because I can't do yeah. it every day even though I want to. Yeah, it's the Thanks, blast. New York City nightlife. <laughs> All right. Let's start our day with Lulu as Caleb is 99% sure he knows where Sabaya found her idol. So he he says to Bruce and Kelly, that's where they can search now or go left and right later. Caleb has been trying to broker peace with these people since the swap and states that if he can't find the idol, he'd rather know where it is and who has it. Smart concept in theory. Very smart. Um, I think that that particular soundbite could come back and haunt him in this next episode. Because mm -hmm. um, Bruce now does have an idol. And as... A returning player who had everything taken away from him after 12 hours, after like a horrible accident. I think it would be insane, insane for him not to play an idol after the paranoia he experienced in this episode. And with the preview showing us that there's going to be two tribal councils of six. The target is, which, and one of those six are going to be safe with an immunity necklace. So that's only five people in each of these tribal councils that are going to be vulnerable He's going to play that idol, and if he doesn't, then 
shame on you, Bruce. Literally. But if, if Caleb and Bruce are in the same group, then I, I think the target goes right back on Caleb. I think Absolutely. Bruce might be the only person in the game right now that, ha- that could be a bigger target than Caleb at this point. Well, Bruce is going to find a leaf. Jake finds a snake. Kelly gets spiderwebs. And then just sitting where Jake allegedly already looked and found snakes comes Bruce's nonchalant hand. He has found it. Are we shocked that Jeff's pet of the season has the clue? Not at all. No, Not at all. No, it's a matter of time. Just like I predicted it, I was like, of course, Austin's going to get a goodwill advantage type thing because he's the alpha male and Jeff just loves his <laughs> alpha males. <laughs> well, Uncle Bruce and that smug face has the beware note and he don't care. He's just happy he found it. It's a clue to the location of the hidden immunity idol and until he has taken possession of the idol, he cannot vote at tribal council. Council, spoiler, your idol is buried under the center of your shelter. Something we've seen in the past. How many days do you think it's been sitting there? Oh, I think it's been sitting there for ripe, like, maybe 12 hours. Um, mm-hmm. I do not think it's been there long. Well, maybe they did put it back after Spy left. So maybe it's been there for a couple days. But I... It's uncanny to me. I love to see the comparisons and, like, the, the strings that connect the seasons and Survivor at, at large. But Kelly Wentworth found her idol under her shelter and used it to beat the, to have the record for the most mm-hmm. votes nullified against her. And now this idol has been found in the same episode as another person breaking that record. Um, it's not like Bruce, Bruce didn't play it or anything, but I just, I saw that little comparison and I was like, this is either divine intervention or some like really well done producing um more like the if it was a scripted but... tv show you'd be like it makes all the sense yes exactly um but i do watching this though i i wish there was a little bit more a clearer storytelling because for most of his search of this idol i was under the assumption that they were splicing him looking for the idol hours before a boat arrives to the boat arriving to make it seem like he had this urgent urgent and i still kind of think they might have done that um, because yes, in the talking heads, Bruce is like, oh, I got to find this idol because the boat's here and la, 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 la. But I also think that like, there's a chance where he was looking for it earlier and like, is talking hypothetically now of like, well, if I hadn't found it and the boat came, like I could have lost my boat indefinitely. Like what would have happened then? Um, so they like kind of did do a good job of like making it seem somewhat exciting and like, like time sensitive. But what's frustrating me about me about this particular idol is why is it completely different than austin and Kator- or in uh in uh, sabaya's idols like why is this one not covered in wax and up in a tree and you have to solve exactly. a riddle and then trek up a mountain like it's so bewildering to me that they didn't include this and maybe in the production side of things they're like well if it was one of those idols like he wouldn't have time well too bad if he doesn't have time he doesn't have time so I think that they are really pushing to get an idol, another idol in play for the season. And this is just what happened. Um, That's I why I say put it at the fucking merge feast. Yeah. Why not? Give those people something other exactly. than butter to make love to. <laughs> Bruce has lost his vote at the moment. has to try like the Dickens to find the idol and he's off running. But then there's the talk about it's up for grabs. Was it actually up for grabs? Would you have tried to beat Bruce to snag the idol right from under him? Um, if I was Jake, absolutely. Um, I think that there is a world in which they are all looking for it 
together. And if someone finds it and is able to just kind of tuck it away, then you are single-handedly disarming Bruce. And right. what a great move that would be. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked with the amount of information that's shared between the castaways this season and in the new it's era insane. in general. Um, the fact that he was like, I found this guy. He found it privately and then publicly showed everyone and then found the idol and then told everyone publicly. Like, knowledge is power is still very much a thing, I assume. And it has been a thing for the past couple of seasons and has fucked up people's games. I don't know if we're allowed to swear. Um, oh, you totally can. Great. Um, but it's insane to me. If you find something in private that no one can prove that you have, don't tell anyone. You are right. giving information to people. And I love the idea of currying favor and, like, trying to be like, oh, look, I'm bringing you in. But, like, the whole – like, you look at the same thing happening with Austin and Drew. And there's got to be some secrets that you keep. And if, if you don't keep those secrets, you're putting yourself in – your game in someone else's hand. So I – if I were – Bruce would not have told anyone and maybe I would have told about the clue and then just like have been like oh I can't find it because we're about to go to a, a vote with 13 people and it would be so easy to hide your vote in 13 people which we can talk about more later too um yeah I think that's silly and if I was Jake and I knew that there was an idol underneath my feet and I was actively helping Bruce find it by like missing a ring I'm like oh I lost my ring like I would have found that so quick and right. been like this is mine now. Also, it was like this deep understand. Like, I, I feel like I had, I had shenanigans. With this idol. It was silly. It was silly. Well, first, Katora is not there. So he's wanting her to be left out of this relationship because it is fractured. We are going to watch him dig and dig. Katora's on her way back. The search stops. The awkward conversation begins. Bruce wants to get her out of there so he can get back to digging. So if Bruce doesn't find it, he will not have a vote and he is a sitting duck. So Jake will help him find it. And he is trying to earn a Tony award as he lost one of his rings. <laughs> then winks to Caleb. It was the most bro thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, did she buy it? Um, Maybe. I, I feel like Katora at this point is her edit up. Uh, Poor Katara, let's face it. Like, you better believe this girl is not just obsessed with Bruce and is not just sitting here being like, oh, like, I hate Bruce and, like, my Survivor game is going to revolve around this grown-ass man. No. Katara is a... Uh, she's a lawyer. She is smart and she is educated yeah. and she is from Brooklyn. Like, she knows what she's doing. So I like to think that she... Maybe she picked up on it or at the other end side of things, she could just be toning all these men out. Like... And looking for her own idol, as we've seen that she's been trying to do exactly. in previous episodes. So I think it's, whether she believed it or not, I don't think that Jake making this facade could, like, will have ramifications. Like, right. if, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's like. Listen, we have 90 minutes. They have to throw some content in there. Of course, they have to. They have to. Between that uh, again, and dancing bugs. <laughs> we don't know the sequence or timing of the events, but suddenly a boat will arrive. Jeff is not on board, so they all know what it means. It's day 12. The game is about to change. Drop your buffs. You have 10 minutes to collect your things. Uh, welcome to Mergatory. 10 minutes. That's like quick drag on drag race. Yeah. yeah. And um, and everything's everywhere. Like you, You're looking at... When I went through the episode again for the second time, I was looking right before the boat came where their stuff was. And 
There's a lot of stuff in their shelter, but there's stuff sprawled everywhere. Like they don't have like a neat orderly camp. And I now, know they don't now have when you eventually get out there, are you gonna be um tidy and keep your stuff together or are oh, you just gonna uh, throw all around? Oh god, no. I feel like I'm gonna be a mess. I'll lose clothing out there and then have to beg whoever I vote out for their jacket. Like I I'm gonna need <laughs> some sort of system. And I think part of that would be intentional to be honest yeah. though like with the amount of bags that are searched like if you have an advantage you've got to kind of hide it somewhere you have to like bury That's it true. and true. if you're going to bury it you better not forget where you bury it because that would be pretty devastating um so i would have shit everywhere and then just like that's my idol shoe because I know my shoes are above where I buried my idol or that's my extra vote shirt because I have a secret pocket in that shirt that there is something like you know like I would do mm -hmm, whatever I mm -hmm. can to not put stuff in my bag. Um, but that being said, all the important stuff should be like around the campfire. Like put the flint there, put like, if you have a machete, put it right next to the fire. Um, if you have ample firewood or food, like put it somewhere close, like put the essentials close by in case you need to grab them. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be everywhere. Cause I'll want to be everywhere. Like sidebar real quick. I just, I yeah, one of my, it. for all stars of, um, of my Surfifer game, I just had an all-star season with all, returning players and one player purposely he made it to the final three and uh dylan is going around and basically walking from part of the house to the backyard to the front of the house to being like has anyone seen my water bottle i can't find my water bottle and he would just like be looking for his water bottle and then all of a sudden be in a conversation with numbers and then all of a sudden be like i've heard what i need to go i'm gonna go find my water bottle and he never lost his water bottle he was just actively Our trying move. to find a reason to move around the circles without being like, I want to talk to you guys, you know? And it, it really, really lowered his threat level to a huge degree. And that's kind of what I would do out there is like, you know, oh, I have, uh, the, you know, the water well, going to go get water. Oh, my shoes are down on the beach. Oh, I think I left them over here. Let me go over here and listen to Dee and Julie talking for a second. And if they stop suddenly, then I know something's going on. Like, let me use that to my advantage for sure. I love it. That's a good strategy. We're going to get to see Red and Blue find out about the new stage of the game where we learn that everyone will be staying at Reba McIntyre's house. <laughs> Jay, the artist formerly known as Jay Maya and currently known, currently known as Silly Goo, will ask her friends if they want to stand on the beach and do a welcome with their fingers. And Julie is like, that's cute. I don't have the energy. Uh, that was the most mom thing that's come out of her mouth. It was incredible. I think like that moment is worth the 90 minutes for me. I, agree. I think that like having things like that where you just have someone so exhausted, tired, and just like done and being like, I'm not doing that. I think it was, I cackled. I thought it was so funny. And then to have J. Maya go out and do this little, this welcome in the sand that you and can exert all the energy. See. <laughs> well, oh. Jay says the promise of fresh blood in the game is exciting. She thinks this is a huge triumph to get to this point in the game. Listen, the amount of times I predicted her ass would be out, yeah, it is shocking to say the least. How many yes. times did I Agreed. put her down every time until she finally yeah. got out? For sure. Uh, and, and and the edit didn't help. Like, she was invisible until, like, two episodes ago. So Exactly. It was nice to see her get some screen time, but I could feel the blood in the water. And this, you know, this episode and her having moments like this, I was curious about what was going to happen. Yeah. And um, her making a welcome sign separate from the rest of the tribe is not what you do when you're about to get the numbers over at each. No. You lock down those numbers. She says if this adventure was a song, everything up until this point was the verse, storytelling, building the scene, exposition, and the chorus is coming, and it's going to be a big hit. Um, how many songs do you think she wrote out on Survivor or in Ponderosa? 
Oh, I think that we're going to get like, uh, Entire album. like uh, many albums. I think there will be one album about her time on the beach. And then we'll get a swapped album and then we'll get her like Ponderosa album. Um, and all of them are going to like, you know, be this like huge narrative that we didn't see on the show. because we never Will it feature Sifu? Oh, yeah. He's doing all the guitar for sure. But it's yeah, just yeah. going to be the air guitar and we'll have yeah. to figure that out. Jay. Survivor version. All right. Well, we're going to go back to Lulu. There is excitement, but Bruce's face was like, oh, fuck. The clock is ticking. There's no way in hell that they're not going to let him leave that beach without the idol. Uh, Though, again, I would have loved to see him. For Bruce, the idol is huge because, quote, being a celebrity that was on TV, (laughs) high on the list of people that needed to get voted out. Again, we're talking about production. We know about production. We love the show. It's real. How much do you think they forced him to talk about being a celebrity that was on TV? Or is that just coming out of his mouth? I want to think that Bruce came to that decision all on his own. (laughs) I like to think that Bruce said, I am a celebrity. And you know what? I guess I will say this. Because let's be straight. Frank, I saw... I went to uh, the Wendell and uh, Bryce's watch party for the finale of 44. Uh... All of the cast of 44 was there, um, including Bruce, who at that point mm-hmm. was confirmed to be on 45. So I was sitting here scanning him. I was like, you look a little thin, no gashes on the head. Like, what's going on? But him being in those watch parties and being in the circuit and in this new era of Survivor, how social and interactive these players are throughout their seasons, I do think he did kind of feel like a celebrity because I saw Bruce. I was like, it's Bruce! Bruce, exactly. I I did too. I met him at the um, RHAP event a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm just going to make this comment. I've already made it a couple of times. I always thought I would never get on a reality show because I thought I was going to be too short. I'm taller than most of the cast at five nine. (laughs) Like I was the same height as Bruce. Oof, that's funny. Bruce seems very insane. His vibrato is huge. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But again, it's like when I met Jam Jam and Carson last year, I was like. Holy shit. Uh, Jam Jam and I are the same height, and Carson's just a baby pocket twink that um, when he finally finds himself, I'm here for you, kiddo. You know, I'll have your pillow waiting (laughs) on my bed. Literally. literally. (laughs) Now, he tells everyone, but Couture, that he thinks this is his ticket to blow someone's game up. Um, In order to do that, um, you can't be filled with overconfidence and pride, but we'll we'll get to it. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I... yeah. I just wanted to throw in this like whole and it, you know Jeff confirmed it on his like his podcast which which is lovely that it's transitioned from behind the scenes to just full on recap you know it's it lasted long uh, but he's talked to, he, you know they asked the question what would happen if he didn't find the idol there and a part of the script I guess is that it the those beware things last until everyone's officially merged so I would have this is me just wishing and hoping, but I would have loved to see Bruce not find this idol, go into this tribal council without another vote. Not like it would have made a difference by any means, but it just would have added another layer of chaos to this mm-hmm. this mergatory vote. Now, would he have known that? So he would know that he didn't have a vote because he didn't have the idol. Right. Um, so he wouldn't have been able to vote. But if, say, Jake had found the idol, or someone else had pocketed the idol and not told Bruce. Bruce would have gone into that tribal council thinking he didn't have a vote, and then he would have gone up to vote, 
and there would be a parchment there instead of saying you don't have a vote, sit down. He would have been able to vote. Do, do the players have access to the rule book? Like, can they just say, hey, can I see this rule? That's what I got. You know, I'm curious if they can just be like, hey, Jeff, I have a question about this. Or like if they can talk to the producers about clarifying these rules. Because I, when I put my games together, I throw advantages and idols out there. And, I, you know, I try to keep it as streamlined and as concise as possible. And so each, you know, each thing comes with that script and you're able to read through it. And I have a lot of notes in there. Um, and still people play them wrong. And still people get the rules wrong. So in the chaos of the game and when things are moving quick, I think that it needs to be kind of explicit. And it's hard to do that when you have new twists and advantages that are arising. So I think that, like, I th I don't know if they do this or not, but I, it should fully be capable uh, in the rules for, like, people to have their confessionals and be like, all right, I found this. Walk me through this. Tell me right. about this. What can I do this? When can I use this? How can I use this? Like, without putting strategy behind it. Just give us the basic utensils exactly and, like if, if what we see is the what is right for television they get to then have the next five pages of all the rules and regulations yes because i think of last season with um the inheritance advantage i think of the bank your vote like i think of all these new things they threw in and the inheritance one was the most confusing to me because i was like this seems so op if played correctly like you find an idol in addition to that, then you get to play your idol twice and no one will know that you get your idol back. So I find that that advantage has some, has some, some wings to it. I feel like they could probably bring that back and it could play off pretty well. Um, but that's something that like, you got to clarify some things for right. me. Like what are advantages? Can I get a shot in the dark die? Someone plays their shot in the dark. Cause that's an advantage, right? Right? Or is that just a twist we add to the game? Um, is someone, you know, so like, does that go for extra votes, steal of votes? Like, there's a lot of things built in there. And I, I need, like, I need the, the roster. I need Absolutely. someone to walk me through it. The votes are zooming in as day 12 is giving us the mashup we've all been waiting for. As new Reba sees Austin and Drew are safe, their full red powers are activated once again. And the funny thing is, it's Silly Goose Jay who is most excited by this, not knowing her neck is actually in the guillotine. Oh, poor girl. Dee says they can't be too happy, but she's thrilled. Now, I don't know if this cast is unaware. I don't know. The previous four seasons were not on their televisions or whatever. Maybe singing We Made the Merge Tory isn't as cashy, but the fact <laughs> that they're all singing out We Made the Merge, so silly and so incorrect. Yeah, I didn't want to be the Emily Flippin of the group, but I was going to be like, y'all know you didn't merge, right? Like, you are right. celebrating, like, you made a milestone only for, and Jay was one of them. Jay was, like, literally sitting there being like, we made the merge, when it's like, you're going to regret saying that because you didn't. Like, you did not make the merge. You made yeah. mergatory. You almost survived mergatory. You did not get your orange buff. So, mistake on all of their parts. <laughs> now, D will note that. The four of them are intact. Her mom and Jay are still extremely close. Drew and Austin are the next on her trust list. She will put anyone else's name but theirs. Caleb not only can't believe he made it to the beach, but being there with his number one ally, Emily, he can't believe she made it this far with how she started the game. He says she is an ally he can trust in and be able to navigate the rest of the game when they're only Lulu left. He hopes they will be the swing vote and be pulled into Reba or Bello. Hmm. Could have happened if Bruce wasn't Bruce. Anyway. Speaking of Emily, yeah. she will hug and get some apologizing to do because um, look at her. She, Caleb did rub off on her. She's learning. She, she's definitely learning. She has come a long way. And like, 
I, as much as television would have been much more interesting if we had that, like, audacious, caustic Emily that we had from in the first episode, it's, I'm glad we got a taste of that. I'm glad that Emily has uh, adapted and changed. Um, I'm curious if we get, as the pressure rises and we get further in the game, if we're going to get some of that Emily back. Because I would like a little bit more, a little bit more of that flavor before we get to the end of the season. Because I think we need it. With everyone at camp, Reba has a surprise for everyone. They got fish, and Kendra is about to lose her mind. She has not eaten anything. She is sobbing and then screaming as she watches the fish get discaled. Yeah. yeah. It's the little things in Survivor. It is. And the fact that she cried her little eyes out for those fish, I was like, good. Good. Enjoy those fish. You, you take those it's all fish. fun and jovial until they realize with everyone on the beach, they can meet everyone and start making moves. Jake is happy to meet everyone, and Kendra says they're all overwhelmed as they are trying to meet each other. But Peep Drew starting to well up. Listen, this is a bucket list survivor moment. Emotions are real, even from the tall, lanky one who is weird. Yeah, and I think that it's so funny to see that moment where I'm seeing Drew be super emotional. Because let's face it, like... If I made that point, I would be in the same boat. I would be like, yeah. guys, let's put the game down for a second. Let's all just like embrace that we made it to this point. This is so cool. And you mean, like, that's bonding. That's me showing my heart. That's exactly. a social game right there. Um, but then, like, Drew, like, I think we get to this right after. But Drew kind of, like, doubles down and, like, does the opposite of what he should do in that situation. Where everyone is bonding and celebrating and, like, dancing with stick bug Joe. Like... He's off in the corner being like, I just want to play the game. And I yeah. was like, bro, you are playing the game and you're playing it poorly right now. Like, get over there. Agreed. Kendra is trying to find her footing with the original Bellow people. She is already close with Kelly, Jake, and Katora. Her and Bruce are cool. Resounding endorsement, if I do say so myself. Cool. That's that's what I want to hear. We're cool. Mm-hmm. We will see him tell the peeps at camp that if it starts raining, they're screwed. So they have to get to work and get some stuff done. So Bruce, already bruising. Kendra is going to recount with old Bello and share information and information is gold in the game. She tells Bruce and Emily that Emily is the one that flipped on her and Brando. And Bruce says, it's good to know that she's playing the game. And that makes her high up on his target list. Cause Bruce is that dude. Mm-hmm. Emily thinks her position is relatively precarious day one. She called out Bruce and didn't think twice of the comments. She thinks they have pitted her and Bruce against each other. So let's see if they can squash the beef and bury the hatchet. The two are alone on the beach, and she will tell him that she just loves to play devil's advocate. He tells her that she doesn't need to apologize, that it is a game, and what she was saying made sense to her. But on the surface, he's like, you're fine, everything's good. But in reality, he has turned to be Arya Stark, and her name is on his list in red underline. As T-Swizzle says, so look what you made me do. Yeah. I... It was an interesting edit to me, because, like, they seem to like be like all right well we're good and then like it made it seem that bruce was the the one in the two that was like we're good but i won't forget Mm -hmm. um and i'm thinking that maybe like that does worry me a little bit for emily's sake but also the other side of me is like maybe they just don't want everyone to hate bruce this season that's fair maybe they really want bruce to be a likable character this season and katora is taking all that heat for Emily's sake. Um, yeah, it's I just a thought it was common a nice reality little... TV show trope to do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, Bruce is going to try to dig for information from Emily about the vote for Brando. He says it was a tough vote, and then she apologizes as she knew they were close. Were they? 
Do they ever talk? I don't know. Does Bruce like Pokemon? Like, that's all I got Listen, from Brando. Honestly, I could see Bruce playing Pokemon Go and like knocking children out of the way to get um, <laughs> the like special Pokemon. Oh yeah, for sure. Or telling the children, "Don't you know who I am? It's mine." It's mine. I am a celebrity. Give it to me. <laughs> Emily will tell us that they can move forward from the comments on the barge, but it doesn't mean they can move forward in alliance. The game of Survivor is understanding if they can trust one another moving forward and don't hold grudges. And that's why I would do poorly, because I hold grudges too much. Oh, yes. But, like, that's the thing about Survivor, though, is, like, I hold grudges too, mm-hmm. but grudges are so much more satisfying to like fulfill if you're like smiling in their face and you stab them in the back it's the game in me i love watching someone's fall from grace yeah get them lure them in keep your enemies close so that you can be close enough to stab them in the back and i think that's bruce's biggest fault here is that he's Mm -hmm. not good at doing that he keeps his enemies he lets his enemies know that they're enemies from far away except for maybe emily in the situation i would love to see the alternate universe version of season 44 where bruce did not get pulled yeah i wonder who who would have been i think he still would have been voted out first yeah i i think that he would have very easily been like a uh an early boot in a season if he didn't have the survivor clout because i Let's face it, Emily was right in the first episode. Emily was 100% right. Like, Bruce is coming around being like, I don't have this experience. Like, I was only out here for 12 hours. Like, what leg up do I have over you all? You have been in the Survivor world. You've talked with your cast. You've you've heard what 44 has done and has happened. I'm sure he was aware of the Tika 3. I'm sure of all that. So I just have to think that he was just trying to, you know, threat management. Good for him. Yeah. But... Mm, no i'm I'm curious of who what other dad would have been in that place you know let's go have a reconnect of julian d with austin who is still holding a grudge about those damn sandwiches <laughs> he will not only share the details of the amulet but push jay in front of that school bus that knocked down regina george he wants <laughs> revenge he is planting seeds about jay and the sandwiches and wants her and kelly out do you think production asked him to play it up? Because surely no one is going to risk their entire game over a warm turkey sandwich. <sighs> you would think that. But then again, we are talking about one of our al- alpha males who, mm-hmm. let's face it, they are on Survivor. They're Survivor fans. I'm sure Austin is like, okay, if I want confessionals, I got to tell a good story. And right now my story is all about that turkey club. Uh, so I think that like he... I, I think that it's convenient that he's talking about the sandwich and being like, that's the reason why I want to vote out Jay. But it's the same reason he threw out Je- uh, Jay and Kelly's name um, right off the front. Is like he wants his amulet to be powerful. Now that he has it, he wants to be the one with the right. idol at the end of the day. D is ready to flush the amulet while Austin is eager to sacrifice his vote once again. But in order to do that, they have to bring in the numbers to find a common enemy to vote out. Cue the silly goose. Julie is like, at what point are we getting Jay out? D says she needs to go. And what I said last week on the podcast is coming to fruition. Jay played herself out of a Reba Strong Alliance. She is the lamb to slaughter, as Miss Banksy would say on Drag Race UK5. <laughs> Julie says it should be so simple that Reba has six, but says they are not six strong and thinks Jay is going to cut them the minute she can. Now, King Drew says their strength is that they are the strongest four in the game. Perhaps, but I think the tall one needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think his ego is getting getting ahead of him a little bit. 
Uh, I see his flatal. I mentioned this earlier, him going off to talk about we want to play the game instead of sitting around dancing with a bug. I think that that's important to note because, like, Drew is strategic. Drew is playing a good social game with his numbers, but Drew is going to be pegged as a as a as a threat very soon, if not already. Um, exactly. The way that the Reba are centering around him. Um, this last tribal, we kind of made it seem that the women had the power there, but as soon as it leaks the amount of advantages that him and Austin have, we're going to be targeting those two kind of relentlessly until we get them out and those advantages go away. So I think that he needs to do a much better job of like cooling his horses, not being the king, and just kind of like be the court jester for a little bit. Like bring out that mm -hmm. Basile you were talking about, bro. Like you're being awfully heavy on the Drew, not enough of the Basile. So well, he yeah. believes he is in a good position as he likes to be in charge and be the leader. And I'm like, who are you leading in real life? Other dweebs, whatever. He believes that the numbers have to dwindle down. And at the start of the merge, he's just going to squash them all. He's not here for the meet and greet. Meanwhile, that's my favorite thing. I love the meet and greets. And he wasn't at the um, R half event, so he was not really there for a meet and greet. Interesting. No. <laughs> Cut to Kendra, admiring that stick bug and seafood beatboxing. He does not want to pretend they're all buddy buddy and chums. Um, but come on, don't play yourself too hard, stick bug. We, we enjoyed the dancing. Yeah, we I enjoyed loved it. It was nice. 90 minute special. <laughs> now, again, the dancing. Bug is thinking that they made the merge, but Drew says they've entered a new stage and you have to elevate yourself to the stage of the game. And as we know from our dear friend of the pod, Jam Jam, social game is integral. Drew, you don't got it. Yeah, yeah, he just really doesn't. And I think that we, it's a learning lesson for anyone that wants to play the game. I think that you look at the game and people start making mistakes once they feel comfortable. And that's why people mm -hmm. playing from the bottom tend to make it further into the game. That's why we have Emily doing so well right now is because even once you kind of get the target off of you, you remember that panic and that fear of your name coming up so many times. Um, and that makes you start thinking in ways uh, that someone like Drew won't. Drew will think logically, which will lead to predictable choices. Exactly. Emily will be thinking illogically, which will come up with amazing moves and hopefully get her further in the game. Um, yeah, Drew needs, a, Drew needs to make some friends. <laughs> The rain is raining, and I'm like, ah, nah, I'm good. But Sifu loves the rain. And I do think you are a psycho for that. Yeah. And once again, Sifu, walking around with that damn machete, please take the weapon away from him. It is not a toy. Yeah, that's scary. Like It really is. I'm sure he's very <laughs> lovable and nice. I had a great time chatting with him. But with a machete out there, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's like, it makes me think that, like, I, I imagine the producer's like just two steps behind, just like, okay, right. I'm just gonna, gonna jump in oh, now, God. grab that from you, buddy. Sifu will ask Austin and Emily why they don't like getting rained on, and, and the same person Austin says he likes getting rained on when he has a place of warm and dry to go on. Listen, the only time it can rain on me is if Lady Gaga and Ariana are playing and the gays are living, but that happened like some years ago, so that's all in the past. Yeah, we don't need that. I, I think that is just... Again, like, Sifu is playing a really interesting, isolated game. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he's quite connected with the rest of his tribe mates in the sense of, like, you. even in those situations, like, you can be that guy that brings the positivity and the optimism. But, like, if it's about to downpour and people are about to be wet and, like, cold for the next, like, several hours, like, maybe we don't be like, oh, this is no problem. I love this. It's like, no, commiserate with everyone. Right. Bond with everyone. 
Well, he says it's crazy with 13 people at camp. It's psychological warfare where they are getting to know each other. Now, what is your strategy to get to know a complete new group at this stage of the game? Is it to pretend you're an anime character like Sifu and then jump behind two women and try to scare the shit out of them? <laughs> the man is wild, like, sweetie. Um, this this edit is it's not making him out as a sane person. No, I think they're really trying to pull out another coach or, like, um, like coach meets Russell-y. Like, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to get a type here. Um, with the the yeah, uh, just uh, just be smarter. Like you just met these people. Don't scare don't scare the ladies and like right. don't like supersonic like people because like that's not really gonna be like oh yeah I can work with that guy. <laughs> he just obliterated me. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a reunion between Caleb and Emily who are walking and talking in the sun. Does that mean this conversation was before the raid or after the raid? I don't know. Silly editing. I just know that I have an obsession. <laughs> anyway, what is her impression so far? Well, she sees divisions on the Reba tribe that she didn't necessarily see on the old Bellow. She tells Caleb it gives them a better shot to get in the middle of that as they need to be seen as numbers or their easy pickings. Please welcome to the stage, Easy Pickings, uh, at a bar in Brooklyn somewhere this year. Mm -hmm. Caleb knows Emily is trustworthy, and that makes her the most trustworthy person right now for him. And with Emily's in with Reba and Caleb being with Bello since the swap, there is opportunity to get information to play both sides and not get caught in the middle. Be careful who you do and don't <sighs> chat with. Yeah. This is, this is like, this is where I start being like, are you all super fans? Do you Alliance know management. Survivor? Like, Alliance management, yes, you just spent several several days with these people, um, and now you're meeting new people. So, yes, talk to everyone. Or you literally, before you get on the beach, say, hey, we know that we're good right now. Let's not talk to each other and get more information. We'll come back yes. a day later. Yes, anything. And even if you don't have that conversation, people are like, why were you talking to Bruce? It's just like, because I want to make him feel safe so we can vote his ass out. Like, mm -hmm. there are so many roots there. And I think to ignore someone as strongly as they were with Bruce is insane to me. And that's going to be like, I mean, they don't know he has an idol yet. But right. some of them do. Let's begin. Caleb with chat with Sifu, who he alerts that neither OG tribe cares about the line. So it becomes who do they pick off next? With Austin, he says he doesn't know how close things are with Reba, where Austin says things are fractured with Sifu and D's name coming up. With Drew, he says that he is in Bellow's ear and he can triangulate what is going on. Didn't we see this same gameplay from Caleb on Bella? Will it work with the next batch of baddies? Also, let's not forget he already has had one-on-one -on -one chats with them when he did the camp raid. Remember that goodwill? I sure do. I sure do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His well, goal is to present. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's not only his first camp raid. Like, he had that... I mean, not many of them are left. The, the Well, I guess he didn't go in the camp raid, but he was interacting with Kendra, who mm -hmm. had the first camp raid that we didn't did not make the edit. Exactly. So, that, so, Caleb, at this point, I think needs to be very careful, considering everyone has seen his social game at this point. Mm -hmm. just his goal is to present the most trustworthy and likable version of Caleb and will be selling himself. He's not a monster there to take them all down. He may look like a golden retriever on the outside, but they shouldn't let him into their home, which is a wonderful segue to someone who let him into his house and is having buyer's remorse now, Bruce. Mm -hmm. Oh, Bruce. We're going to see Emily ask Bruce, how is he feeling game-wise? And he's like, physically, I'm fine. 
but paranoia. He's at high alert. Uh, he tells us that no one is talking strategy with him or one-on-one personal conversations. And well, feelings are hurt as fun Uncle Bruce is not the center of attention. Yeah, it's, it's it gets ugly. <laughs> when you don't give Bad. the reality star of the beach the attention he deserves, he is going to make you feel the wrath. Yeah. He's going to opine to Kendra and ask if he is a pariah. And she's like, what's a pariah? Um, a pariah? I know a drag queen named Pariah Sinclair. Let's just say the name's fitting. <laughs> it's so good. I loved her. Uh, what is she, she said, Pepperiah? And then she goes, no, pariah. And she goes, what's that? I'm like, yeah. oh, thank you. Great television. Good job, Kendra. Kendra will feed into the Bruce of it all. And when she learns that not even Bella was talking to him, I was like, but why? Why is that possible? Bruce is so perturbed that he's not the alpha male and will ask Kendra what Caleb is doing as he perceives him as he's using his slickness. And now Caleb will learn about the fractured egos in alliance management. Bruce sees Caleb floating around everyone and he thinks he's the victim as the last kid picked on the playground twiddling his thumbs. I feel like someone's got some trauma to unpack from the past. He might have been bullied a little bit as a kid. Maybe. Now he will bitch to Katora, who at this point is actually on her way to talk to Bruce. It's It's one of my favorite moments of the episode. I'm not going to lie. He will ask her why Bella wasn't talking to him. She says maybe they're nervous to talk right now and she will smoothly feed his ego and say that maybe his leadership skills will be enough to wrangle people. Essentially, he sees Caleb doing what he wishes he could do. And I was like, you know what? Couture is actually very good at, at, at keeping Bruce at bay. Yeah, which is pretty wild. I mm-hmm. think that the, the narrative of the Bruce versus Couture that we've been getting has been back and forth because at first it was very like Katura will take out Bruce. And then we've gotten a little bit murkier now. It, now it seems that like the numbers are against Katura if you're going bellow, strictly bellow. So, and even in this episode at the beginning when they were talking about why not keep Katura in on this idol and Jake's is the one that says, well, we've been trying to get her out recently, which is there a universe and this, go, go with me for a second. Mm-hmm. With Bruce now, we know being a bit of a target, but knowing Katora likes numbers, is there a universe that she's going to blow him to save his ass, and then he's going to be indebted to her? Ooh, maybe it would be a nice That's like the twist that I'd love to see. It would be a great twist. I would love to see it, but I would love to see one of them slit each other's throats first. Yeah, I would love to see the head to head. We love it. We love to see that. Now, Bruce will leave Reba's head. Bella is going around in circles, and he will bitch to Kelly that Caleb is masterminding and Bella was losing. How long have they been on this beach? Like, maybe two hours. Like, paranoia is in bloom in his mind. Like, why is he so upset? Yeah, it's, it's wild to me that he goes so quickly. And honestly, it's just, you know, like we saw with Drew's, Drew Big Fault, just ignoring the social game. This is another big flaw in someone's game. It's, it's keeping that paranoia at bay because... If you're paranoid, people smell that. And mm-hmm. I think, and I'm pretty sure that it was confirmed in some of the exit interviews, but that he he would have been the target if he wasn't on the right side of the numbers, if he oh, was fully. if he was vulnerable. Fully. So um boy's gotta check himself if he wants some some legs in this game. Um, Bruce can't sit back and chill so he is changing gears and is going guns blazing to Caleb he will bitch to him that no one is talking to him and Caleb will tell him they are completely open with him and Bruce will tell him that he is powerful and he may not realize it Um, this man is letting his pride destroy his game oh my god he will say that he can't take his leadership role he had on Bellow and say let's all get together because they don't want to talk 
is it an age thing because he's really talking down to Caleb or is it re- all his pride? I, I think it's a mixture of both because I do think people in Bruce's defense, cause I love to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is an essence of the tribe, everyone around Bruce allowing him to fulfill this uncle slash dad role. I think everyone is stroking that ego to an extent to be like, and and they were seeing that earlier. Caleb has had a moment of that when he was joining Bellow of just like doing what Bruce said. Katura has been doing that since day one. And I think that people have been putting him in this dad role. So now we're getting the flip side of it where they're getting the dad role. It's just chastising. Mm -hmm. And poor Caleb is a grown ass man. He is 29 years old. Like he does not need this grown ass man telling him that he needs to stop going around talking to people and he needs to be helping Bruce out. Like, it was a bad, bad move on Bruce's part. And why do you think Bruce has such an old school survivor mind frame for his best play? What is, is he stuck in wanting to have played back in the day? I I think that part of it is that, I do think that there is an element of, of, the older you get, I do think that there is that reliance and it's good gameplay to be like, we need to stay number strong because Bruce, even though he's, he's fit, he, he, he can hold mm-hmm. his own in the challenge. I think that there is this mentality of that. The young blood will take out the old and sure. that we've seen that in all these older seasons and stuff. And so as we get further in the season, when the chances of you winning every immunity is not, high you're gonna have to rely on these numbers and people to protect you so i do think that he's playing an old school mentality of i need these numbers that i already have to protect me to get us deeper and further into this game and to see that being splintered so quickly i think is like driving is like the wedge that is causing all this paranoia for bruce it's like i thought i had all these people and all of a sudden no one's giving me the time of day and even further like i'm not getting brought into these other conversations as i should be so i don't think bruce is entirely crazy for having this reaction i just think it's poor gameplay and he should mask it you you alluded to it earlier where he probably had conversations with the cast of 44 uh, uh, as much as they were allowed to share i mean technically he was out there so he probably knew enough but you would think at least with the tika three he would have gotten information of so this is how we got to the end. It was yes. bad news at the beginning, but we used it all to our advantage. He hasn't even used anything that those three used in their gameplay and was no. successful. And and I, I've said that I so I played my first LRG right as the Tika three were about to go into the finale episode, and I was sitting here in my tribe with the numbers at merge, and we all we had to do was it destroy the last four remaining members of this other tribe with R6. And paranoia and decisions being made, I was preaching to everyone saying, listen here, they will Tika 3 us if we do not get rid of their numbers now. And sure enough, they Tika 3 us because they turned on me. <laughs> I was the merge boot. So I like think about that. And I, I don't think it's just unique to 44. I think in Survivor in general, like, once you decimate the number so long, so low, then they do become numbers to make those flips happen. And I think that a fresh reminder every time, like I think what Bruce is doing here is trying to prevent that from happening and being right. like, we have to say Bella strong, like Bella Reba, let's just get out these two numbers in the middle. And I think we'll be good. Then we can do the war between the two of us. Um, 
And I think that we'll get to it too with Kendra making this big vote. Like I think or the turn on Kayla, but I think her Kendra and Bruce are the ones that are like, we got to stay strong. And that's what leads to the vote that happens. Caleb knows Bruce is mad at him for talking to anyone who isn't fellow. He compares it to being pulled over by a cop and being shaken down for every piece of information and being told how wrong he was despite not doing anything. Yikes. Bruce will belittle Caleb and tell him if he wants the original Bella to do their thing with him, he will have to do serious damage control. Caleb finds the archaic strategy of not talking to the enemy the stupidest thing ever. Meanwhile, Boston Rob is like, hey, guy, shut it. <laughs> if Bruce doesn't trust Caleb, he doesn't trust Bruce. And like glitter at a gay bar, that shit is about to spread. Caleb <laughs> will tell Kelly about the conversation and she doesn't know what to tell him as she knows that Bruce is impossible to play with. Has my Queen Katora been right from the beginning? Methinks so. Kelly says that Bruce is a liability to play with. Everyone on Bella was annoyed with him, and with his idol, it makes him scary. So Caleb floats to Kelly with him being so confident it would be the perfect time to do something. Get the numbers, and she would be cool with that. Blindside Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there. It's an option. It is. And I think that like when you come into a merge moment, when you are combining numbers with another tribe, there is like there is a benefit to not have the liability of numbers turning on you. And we see it in both Reba and Bella where Jay, Maya and Bruce seem to be on the bottom of these totem poles. And it's just a matter of time until they're, they're, they're eaten. So, um, you know, I think Caleb and Emily are in this unique situation where they, you know, trust and survivor trust. Like, they have to survive or trust each other. Like they don't really have another choice at this point until the other one's gone and the other one has to fend for themselves. Like they need those numbers and they know that they can rely on each other because history has proven that they can. It's true. All right, come on in. Shall they get to it first? They have to give back tribal idols. Pelican Pete and his base are no more. Oh, um, are you going them. to miss Pelican Pete and his base? Burn those idols to ash. They are the worst things I've ever seen them pull out. Last season, we got Party City um, a Sword and Armor. This season, we just got a random random totem they found on the beach somewhere that they split apart. And a coaster. What are we gonna get next? Yeah, what are we going to get next season? I think maybe like a rock and a and and like some moss that they found on top of the rock. Like, how about a fucking stick? Oh, I hope it's a fucking stick. Me I mean, have, are you watching UK Survivor? Because I'm not. I haven't, oh. They're, I'll get to it. You'll get to it. But their their uh, their tribal immunity is basically a fucking stick. And I said, oh, huh, boy. that's a choice. Well, no individual immunity yet, as they have not made the individual phase. They're in the limbo dance. They will be randomly divided into two groups of six. One player at a time will crawl under a muddy net to a cart where they will push the cart across the field, collecting very, very heavy sandbags along the way. They will use the sandbags to get to the top of a tower. At the top, they will retrieve a set of keys, slide down, and then work together to get to the top of a very big boulder. And once they're at that top, two players will use those keys to unlock their first part of the puzzle. The next two players will solve the second puzzle. And I was like, the amount of times that Jeff says top, he's, I was like, you're not in New York City. There's too many bottoms. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, Loser. Jeff. So first time to fit, first team to finish, merge buff, merge meal, immunity at tribal council. Loser, someone go home and fall one day short of making the merge. Now, because of math, one person will not participate at the challenge, but put their money on one of the teams. How would you do in this challenge? Oh, I think that this challenge, I personally would do fine. I think that the puzzle, not hard, not hard at all. Um, I think the the physical side of things, it's grueling, but it's not like 
literally lifting a 500 pound cage out of the tide and then trying right. to get it around. Like, it's not that. So I think I'd be fine. It's truly, this is one of the situations where luck does play some into Survivor. I think that it's, it's not a game of chance, but there are moments of chance in Survivor. And we saw it this time. The tribe divides will decide who wins or loses. And if I'm stuck with a bunch of weaker players compared to, like, the other tribe, there's only so much you can do. So. Here's how it shakes out. On red, we have Caleb, Jake, JD, Kelly, and Emily. On blue, Sifu, Drew, Bruce, Austin, Julie, and Kendra. And not participating is Katora. Would Great. you rather participate or sit and watch and place a bet? I would always prefer to participate. I want to have autonomy over my game. Like, I want to control my game. I want to be able to say that I gave it all, um, even if I lost. Uh, I think that the Katura spot is tricky um, because it makes me think of, like, a Claire moment where it's like, you didn't participate. So, mm -hmm. like, if it comes down to, like, some petty votes, like, we could easily just point to the person that didn't participate sure. although this is the merge like there's going to be more politics involved but i want to be a part of it you know guitar will select blue what would you have done same i was thinking originally i was looking at the numbers and i was like well i would choose the the team that i would have the better chance at tribal council at um but as mama julie said earlier this season the best way not to get voted out of the game is not to go to tribal council even though they're all going nice. i just want the necklace so at this point Katura's looking at the two tribes, and I think that, like, you're looking at the blue numbers. And so you're looking at the team that wins. You have Austin, you have Drew, you have Julie, you have Sifu for Reba. And then you have Bruce and Kendra. Not the best strategic option if they do end up going to Tribal Council for Katura. It would be really easy for Bruce to turn numbers against Katura, but also could have an opportunity for Katura to turn on Bruce, but would probably lose a number if they do go. Meanwhile, on the right. other side, you have um, Emily, you have you, you have more numbers, you have the Julie, uh, sorry, you have Jake, you have Kelly, um, which would be two numbers for you as well with Bello. But again, you would have like three Reba and a, uh, a Lulu over there, um, or two Lulu, two Lulus. Uh, so it's like one two. of those things to where you're looking at it and I'm just like, I guess the losing tri the 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 red group of this. Um, Jeff called them tribes in the middle of the challenge. I was like, "Hey, watch it! Not they true. are not, not tribes. True. They are teams right now." Um, but yeah, you I, you want to get a little strategic, I guess, with the vote. But also ultimately, just go for the stronger team. And when you right. see Austin, Drew, Bruce, and Sifu all the same, Matt, I'm choosing that team, hands down. Absolutely. The challenge is on, and it is starting as a muddy mess. And the sound editors, once again, doing the most with the mud. They really love the Foley effects. <laughs> it starts pretty even, with Blue taking the ever-slow slight lead. And it will be Jay who slows it down for her team, and that will be the fatal flaw. Blue will move on to the next stage with the cart as they collect the bags in their cart. And the Red Ladies, again, struggling with the sandbags as they fall behind. Yeah. Blue will get to the sandbag pile first. What is the strategy for creating this pile of sandbags to climb upon oh god i don't know like make a pyramid type thing i was just like looking at the construction of this challenge and i'm like we've already tried to climb a high thing and now we're climbing another well well we, we're gonna have to climb another high thing in a minute like I, I just like get them stacked up and then like once you get some bags down there then just like have someone stand on shoulders and grab people up like they've been doing yeah. all season on every tall wall they climb 
It's a really sizable lead for Blue, but the puzzle, it's always the equalizer. We'll see if that comes into the play. Sifu will bounce down that rope slide as Drew will wedgie himself. And me thinks he's had that happen to him quite often in his life. <laughs> At the boulder, Kendra is bounced up first as Austin is the human stool. And watching him then try to grab a hold of Kendra to get up the ball was wild. I don't know if I would trust someone just yanking on my ankle. No. Uh, Especially no. Kendra. And also, like, this challenge, like, kind of beat the shit out of Jake and Kelly. I think that, mm -hmm. like, Jake was not well after this challenge. He was limping. He looked like he was going to pass out for a third time. And then Kelly, too. Like, she came down that, that rope thing. And I think the verbiage of, like, slide may not have been the best word because they were right. bouncing and then, like, hitting the ground. And then just, like, it felt dangerous. It really <laughs> did. Thank you. Um, yeah, Kelly gets an ouchie. Jake is not happy. It's Austin and Drew on the puzzle first, and they are flying through it. And to be fair, that puzzle looked pretty simple. It was so easy. It was like all the pieces were the same shape, so it was just a matter of right. like completing the images. It would have been nice if, if the construction of the puzzle and the images on it could have been like swapped in yes. ways. So that when you got to the super easy Rebus puzzle that was on the super easy puzzle then you could like be wrong <laughs> about the ver words and spend some time scrambling and be like, oh, we don't have it. Let's redo Upon the puzzle. completion, it's now uh. Julie and Kendra on the word puzzle. Find the phrase. Kelly and Jake are slowly going through their puzzle as Kendra and Julie fly through. They will win it. Blue and Katora are safe and are officially in the merge. Red is going to the loser's lounge. Whoa. And a merge color is orange yeah i just want a teal tribe like i just want a teal buff that's all oh, I, really I was do. really really hoping for pink i wanted pink, pink. listen i thought it would have gone with the, the the logo really well but i think pink would be beautiful great. you know what pink purple and teal let's start with those colors one season yeah yeah very happy I'm tired of red and blue and yellow yeah. but that means then they don't have to repaint things for the challenges no, they don't. <laughs> As a reminder, oh. all 13 will go to tribal and the winners cannot be voted out, but they will help decide who goes home. They will head to the sanctuary where good things happen. Ooh. Do you like the half tribe merge meal? Do you think they should save it for the actual next day when they all can partake? Or is this just for psychological warfare? It's for psychological warfare for sure. And I, I like that they get the time to feast and enjoy themselves, but I do miss a proper merge feast. I think I that, like, what they should do is give them some time away. Let them go to the sanctuary. Let them all have, like, like an Warm Australian turkey Survivor. sandwiches. Yes, yes. Or, like, in Australian Survivor, sometimes, like, they'll get, like, protein shakes and, like, these, like, healthy, like, mm. oh, this beverage has all of the nutrients you'll need to survive. Like, yes, do something like that where it's, like, a benefit, but it's not, like, a full-on, like, Thanksgiving feast of these people. Or maybe like, Applebee's. Yeah, bring back the Applebee's. I want the product placement. Like, Chili's. You know, I'll take Olive Arby's. Garden. Give me an Olive Garden win. There we go. There we go. Ugh. All right. The losers are going to have to accept it, and they're going to have to start playing the game. So we're going to kick things off at the sanctuary where the muddy people cheer to the merge. Why don't they let them go clean up before they put their muddy hands in the perfectly fine food? You know, I love that. I think that if it's if it is what Jeff says in his, uh, his his podcast. He likes it because it's psychological. Um, the idea of like having them jump off a boat and get muddy in the first marooning challenge kind of initiates them into the journey and to the, the adventure. And then now we're at the point, we're midway, the mud is brought back again, the mud signifying like 
you know, this is all the stuff that we've accomplished so far, but also it's like dried blood on our skin because we've, we've gotten dirty at this point. Um, for health reasons, maybe they should like let them clean their, like clean some things off. Correct. But, you know, it's Survivor and, you know, disease doesn't apparently exist out in Fiji. So, you know, maybe clean them up. Maybe that should be the reward is like a spa package. A sp- where, I'm here for that. Ooh, I love yeah, that. Like some little crumpet sandwiches and some like champagne. Like that would be plenty. You know, now, we talked about it a little bit earlier about how in the past, in the OG days, the merge feast might have a little trinket for someone yes. that they could use. Do you want that to come back in the new era? I wouldn't be surprised if it already has been back in the new and era. No they just it. haven't found it. Um, I know that they've gone above and beyond to make things harder and more difficult to find. So, like, maybe maybe there was something at that in the sanctuary because good things happen there. Good and things should happen there. doesn't let us forget that because they're going back to the sanctuary. I mean, well. we've already mocked their flubs a little bit. Maybe um, they'll have a bowl of pasta and the, there's a single strand of pasta that's actually an idol and it'll go down to someone's throat. <laughs> I hope you know someone will just eat it right up, or that meatball was actually an idol. So there it is. Uh, there, there you're gonna have go. to wait a couple a couple hours before you can play that one. Uh. For the first time in 13 days, they are eating food, specifically butter. Oh, Drew butter. would love to make love to it. Um, Such a do weird... you think any of them just like ate the stick of butter? Is that a step too far? No, <laughs> I feel like someone probably did like had some bread and then was like, here's the stick of butter on top. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like part of these experiences are so much of like, I haven't had these textures and these flavors in my mouth for so long. So let me just try it. Right. Um, I feel bad for their stomachs afterwards. So, well, literally, I mean, let's talk about how Drew notes that at the merge feast, everyone's guard is down. And then there are people who have not eaten and are chugging alcohol surely that does not end well drunk players make bad moves would you limit yourself if you had the option to have alcohol as a player well yes uh mostly because i'm sober right now so i would probably intend on playing the game sober um i think that it is so silly to see them get wasted you know i i think the only times that it was like kind of kind of cute was maybe like the cook island naked jacuzzi moment um and also one of my favorite moments in survivor history is when mike white gets absolutely trashed on wine and they find the idol with um with uh, that reward whatever they had um but it is interesting to see people drink the way they do and i'm i get it you want to try these comforts of home but like you're gonna be hung over and they were mixing beer and wine which is not usually not a good thing to do. No, no. And if you're chugging wine, God, like two glasses of that and you're drunk. Three, you're wasted. Four, you just drink a bottle of wine and you're going to have a hangover tomorrow because you now, don't have we, water in your system. Right. And, we, and well, speaking of that, do they have the option to have water with this meal? Oh, I'm and sure. Fijian pizza we know is terrible. Do we know how Fijian wine is? Is that have we gotten a Yelp review on that yet? That's a good point. Um, I don't know. I would hope at least they have like bottles of Fiji water like everywhere. Like product placement. Um, but the Fijian wine, I'm sure, is just adequate. Like a nice yeah. Chateau Diane moment. Sifa will open the floor about the vote, and he will say that Jay is at the top of his list, and Drew will agree that there is no love for Jay, and he would be fine with the decision. And Katora will be intuitive and confirm that they don't have a deep connection with Jay. So Julie will throw out that if 
she wrote that she did write Sifu's name down, which we all know, Jay included, is a bold-faced lie. Yeah. Sifu thinks she is trying to slither up and cut people's throats, and Julia's like, yeah, you keep talking about that, and I'm just going to keep backseat and not deny it. Yeah, and I'm curious if they've had conversations between the three of, uh, well, at least Dee and Julie, about the on the truth about that vote. And if Dee was going to be so, like, adamant about not telling anyone, I do hope to think that that, that truth has died with Sean's quit. Um, yeah. So I, I honestly, I think that maybe Julie is just earnestly being like, yeah, she voted for Sifu because that's what she said. Why would Julie she lie about throw, that? Yeah, Julie will throw out a thought that Caleb and Emily are the only two from Lulu left. And Kendra says that Caleb is a dangerous player and she has had her eye on him since the beginning, <laughs> which I'm assuming was during that little raid we never saw. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So I'm really curious to know what made her so suspicious, but... Katara will throw out that Emily is kind of can not connected to Reba or Bellows as she is safe, but in the middle. Kendra will really dive heavy in calling Caleb a threat in the game as he is talking to everyone and Pete Bruce just smirking. He will note that when it comes to social games, it's time for Caleb. I don't know if they had a conversation about it, but he was so happy that he didn't have to say anything. I have to think that in those moments of scrambling and kind of what I was mentioning earlier about keeping these Bellow numbers strong, that they want to keep Bellow strong. They want to like kind of offset any connection that Caleb might have with Reba. And I think that like looking at the people in the, in the middle, that was the option to be had. They're like, well, we don't have to directly attack Reba, but we can take away one of their potential numbers because at this point they have worked with Caleb. They know Caleb. And Bruce literally just chastised the, the boy on the beach after he talked to everyone on the beach. Mm -hmm. So Bruce is like kind of eyes are opened being like, oh, this guy is actually a social threat. And they're not wrong. Like as much as we love Caleb on the show right now, like him and Kendra making this move at this point is, you know, giving them legs in the game, giving them more, more days on in Fiji. But I, it, it's it's interesting to me to have Kendra be so gung ho, and it. I have to believe that her and Bruce kind of like orchestrated this together. There had to be a conversation before this. Yeah. So Katora is confused as she thought all Bella was working with Caleb, and I guess Kendra did not get that memo. But Katora doesn't want to get rid of Caleb and finds her strategy all messed up. Now, we've heard that lawyers worst profession to be on Survivor. Is it now salesman? I think so. I think salesman has been creeping up for a while now. I think lawyers in general just get a bad rap for like doing whatever they need to do and being potentially lying and, and twisting the truth in court to get what they need. Um, but salesman, I think as the game has shifted into the social social threat world, especially in the, the new era as we've had our winners have played decent games, but the most strategic and the most powerful players have been booted 6th, 5th, 4th. And then we have, who do we like the most out of this group? Or in maybe potentially 43, who do we hate the least? <laughs> um, and I feel like you look at these numbers and you have to be smart and target the social threats because they are going to be able, because I think the social threat is the new strategic threat. Like, if you get people to like you, then you get people to vote with you. 
And it's clear that Caleb is number one social threat at this, in this. So they're not wrong in, in booting him. But uh, I think that Katora is kind of right. And it's like, let's use that to our advantage while we can. Let's take rid of, let's get rid of Reba. <laughs> Back at the Losers Lounge, they are all in the water, cleaning up and feeling disgusting. And not because of the mud, because they feel like losers. They have battle wounds as the immunity challenge kicked their ass. Jake is freaking out as he hasn't been to travel yet. If he could describe the feeling in one utterance is, Ugh. <laughs> oh boy. Jake I'll wants Caleb to teach him the ways as he has survived a couple of them so far. Jake will talk to Jay and that was like a duo no one had on their bingo card. Nope. He's there to save his ass. So he tells her that he wants them both to be there tomorrow and she's pitching a Lulu going home, either Emily or Caleb. He tells her that he likes Caleb, but she says he is a physical threat and a social threat. Well, the silly goose finally has a good point. She knows what's up. Yeah, I'm glad she's aware enough to call that. (laughs) She knows that he has been the smiliest guy trying to charm everyone he speaks to and puts you on high alert. She thinks he is good and a safe vote. She will tell Dee that she thinks they should protect Reba Strong as they are scared of them. She believes Reba tribemates have her back, so she thinks that's how things are going to go down. And now she's back to being a silly goose. Yeah. Dee will now be seen with Jake, where she asks him who would he pick to go, and he says his trepidation is to throw out a name and give all his cards away. But she's like, nah, I'm good. I'll be more open, Jay. Girl, bye. Good move on Dee's part, or do you think she knew she had a backup plan, and if Jay was backfired, she was still okay? I think that she, heart's heart, wanted Jay gone. Um, but I think that if things got fishy and for some reason the numbers were pointing towards D, then she would feel a little bit safer with the Reba numbers in general. And I don't think that she wanted to fully alienate Jay yet. Um, so I think there is caution to be had. But it's like pretty wild how many people are like talking Jay at this point on both right. like across the board. Like... I don't know what this girl did or has done or why they think that she would be a, like, this is a great time to get a threat out. So looking at the losers, like, yeah, Dee and Julie are honestly big It's threats. interesting that in the new era, the mergatory vote is not usually someone who's a massive threat. Yeah, it's this uh, this comforting thing, I think, that people come in to the merge and they're getting these new numbers and they're like, Maybe we can work together. So instead of alienating each other, we'll go for like the least common denominator between the group, which yeah. uh, maybe that's the facade you hide behind. But like, I would be like, let's get rid of honestly Caleb or right. uh, yeah, Caleb is the biggest threat of these the, the six. So like, get rid of him. Jake's shocked, but he is down with whatever. And as Bello with a one number disadvantage, he knows it's the right thing to do. D says that voting out Jay will not burn bridges between Reba, Bello, and Lulu, and says Jay wasn't really a part of their Reba alliance. So sorry, silly goose. They'll forgive each other after the show. D will give Caleb the JT, and he too, a little bit surprised. So Jake will tell Kelly that D wants Jay gone, and she thinks this is perfect for her because if you take out Jay, you're knocking down the traditional Reba numbers and the amulet is out. True. So Emily will say to Kelly that she feels so bad for Jay as she finds her so lovely, but she knows it's survival and that's what's most important. I love Emily giving people compliments because she's so sincere about it, but there's something about it in her tone. You're like, I don't know if you actually believe it. 
oh, I don't think she believes it. I think she learned this from Caleb. I think yeah. that she learned this in her professional life. I, I, I realize that I think, as I said earlier, Emily is much more, I think, closer to what we saw on day one than we see her now. I think we have yeah. a very muted, controlled, calculated version of Emily. And uh, that's why I'm hoping that we get to see that day one Emily come back out again soon. Because I don't believe her. Oh, she's so sweet. But yeah, I guess that's a good idea. Let's get rid of Jay. Yeah. Come on. Sally is smart as she knows that with so many people, it's hard to know where everybody stands as the merge feast may have had a decision, but it was a hodgepodge of people there. Well, all 13 souls are collected on the beach. It's time to scramble. But first, the muddy eaters will convene in the ocean to clean off and have a good time. While the losers are like just sitting there. Yeah. So sad. Literally just sitting shoulder to shoulder. Could they not go hang out with them on the beach? Was that not allowed? I don't know. Maybe there was like, I like, I just am so confused about that because if I was in that six, I'd be like, all right, well, they're back. Let me go hang out in the water. And I, oh, I got some mud still here. Let me get that mud off while you guys are now, getting your mud off. I love the ocean. I love the beach. Maybe you get tired of it after like 13 days. You're like, I don't want to be in the ocean anymore. Is there too much time to spend into in the water? Like, is it okay if I turned into a prune? Yeah, I mean, like, maybe. Maybe it's a little bit cooler of a day. Maybe, like, you don't want to get wet again because that's it's not like you have fair. towels or anything. But, like, I'm not thinking about my comfort at this point. If I was one of those six, I know that I uh, am one of six that could go home tonight. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it's not me. And part of yeah. that is talking to the seven people that were not here for the past four hours. So, let's speed up this conversation a little bit like loser population of six are sitting like cattle wondering who's going to be picked next now with everyone clean katora will tell kelly with kendra there that the seven want jay and caleb and kelly says they are thinking jay kendra will tell kelly and reiterate to katora that caleb has been on her radar from the beginning but katora doesn't want to lose him as he is bellow strong she says they need the reba girls to go home first and then the bruce of it all it's not, it's not the first time that these three girls can agree that Bruce is stupid. Um, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Bruce would have been gone if he was the losing group. Yeah, for sure. Well, well Bruce, he had his idol. He did. And he was paranoid as hell. So maybe he would have played it. Maybe. But he's also ego as, as egotistic as hell. So who knows? Well, Bruce is voting Caleb. And Katora has to explain to him that as part of the consensus, consensus plan, she is voting Jay. And he's not happy about that. He's really not happy about it, but she's saving her own ass. Yeah. And I think that, like, honestly, that could have just saved us about 10 minutes of screen time if someone had right. thrown a vote at Jay in the first vote. Mm -hmm. But good for her. I mean, like, I think that it's important to, like, and I think part of it was was Katura being like, oh, you're voting for Caleb? I don't think the numbers are going that way because I for sure am voting Jay. Saying 100% voting this way makes you start questioning your vote and to know, like, oh, am I in the numbers? So I think it was a smart move on Katura's part to try to sway the vote in her favor because she wants to keep Caleb. Bruce sees Caleb like a little butterfly with a smile bouncing around. Have you ever seen a butterfly bounce? Not once in my life. I mean, okay. flutter. Flutter is the word sure, I would we'll use. Go with that. But bounce. Or if it's on Drag Race, they just fall out of boobs. Oh, they yeah, and uh, plummet. Plummet. Yeah, Those yeah. butterflies plummet and get crushed. Well... <laughs> 
he's going to bring this over to Jake and tells him that he is conniving. And Jake is unsure that it should be Caleb over Jake. Bruce will now bring his brigade against Caleb over to Drew, who agrees that he is playing both sides. Drew is elated to hear that they want to vote Caleb as he could be kicking the bellow hornet's nest and then they can all come out and sting, but he can kick it all he wants as they are out to lunch. Drew in the metaphors, um, no. did he have an entire journal ready to go and memorize them all? I like to think that he probably did, but more realistically, I think that Drew just really, really loves to hear himself talk. I and think part so too. of that is being like, well, I sound really good when I talk about kicking this this hornet's nest. He's and... definitely the kid at the Ivy League school who raises his hand for every question and the teacher's like, okay, someone else, please. Can someone else please answer this question? Anyone but Drew. Anyone but Drew? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Drew with Drew's another tell the He's going to tell the Reba boys that Bruce is feeling vulnerable and thinks Caleb is the better strategic play, but Sifu wants Jay gone and Austin is still mad that she took his sandwich. <laughs> Drew is trying to keep the Reba numbers and they will help him in the long run, not in the new era of Survivor, but you do, you boo. Austin doesn't want to split and Drew says it has to be 100% Caleb. And then Austin and another sandwich confessional and it's really starting to feel like he's on Big Brother. Is it just because of the stupidity of the comment? I, you know, I can't underestimate how hungry people are, but I do think this is another case similar with Drew. Like, he just likes to hear himself talk to extent. And, like, it takes a lot less energy to continue down the sandwich storyline than to, like, actually start making rational sense. But That's fair, that's I, fair. It takes a, a, a small leap to be like, okay, amulet. Sandwich to amulet. I want her. I out think it's also <laughs> the cadence in which Austin talks about the sandwich is very much in the in line of how you have the uh, Big Brother talking heads, where it's yes. very loud and over the top. And sandwich is the word that is key here, so that's why it feels a little jarring compared to you know other subtle yeah. Survivor talking heads. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Anyway, well, he knows that getting rid of Jay is sacrificing one of the numbers, and he thinks it does make sense to blindside Caleb. But for him, the more votes on Caleb, the easier it is for him to sacrifice his vote and upgrade the idol. And Jeff is just simply salivating. Yes, yeah. it's, like, it's working. It's working. Now, with Emily and Dee into this conversation, she will learn that it's flipping to Caleb, and she is like, So we're splitting it? And they're like, Nah, all votes on Caleb. Emily's heart will sink as she doesn't want to send out Caleb as it would sacrifice a significant part of her game. She is between a rock and a hard place, and she has to keep her, her relationship with Reba, so if she fights too hard, it will show her true alliance to Caleb as opposed to them. She will try to pitch that if they save him, he will be eternally grateful. Kendra says that's not the way survival works, and Emily's like, that's exactly how survival works. What say you, Team Emily or Team Kendra? Oh, Team... Uh... See, I'm. I, uh, this is where I think Kendra's actually right here. Emily. I agree. Emily's doing what she needs to to try to keep her number, but like, I don't care if you're eternally grateful to me because if you were on the chopping block and I saved you, then that means you're on the chopping block and you're on the bottom, which means you'll do anything next time around if right. we save you. Um, I do think that telling Emily is a is a mistake, uh, a huge mistake. Um, you can't underestimate these. You don't know what happened over at Lulu 100%. These right. two are the only ones that survived. So why would you tell potentially the only person closest to Caleb what's going on unless you really think you have 
Emily in your pocket slash want to really work with her going down. So it's a risk. It's a gamble. But based on Emily's face, someone should have picked up on the fact that that was not okay. Right. So like, did someone like, forget? Yeah. It felt like she, like they heard that and it literally, Emily's reaction was if someone just like ripped, ripped a big one right in front of her face and was just like, uh, maybe we don't. I mean, the, <laughs> like, the good thing now with Survivor is once the uh, production staff told them to wear the colors of your original tribe you know who's on original tribe so you can never forget that kind of shit oh yellow yellow um, you guys are on the same yeah oh you but even just the later. tone she had with kendra you're right she's turning back into old emily because she was she was getting a little aggressive here when was it was not there. smart Nuh-uh. and it was great now, emily is aware that she needs kayla but voting against the majority puts a target on her back more than she already has the decision, discussion turns to the fear of Caleb playing the shot in the dark. And it will be Jay that is like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Poor girl, what a silly goose. Yeah, she, in her pre in her pre-game interviews with Entertainment Weekly, she talks about like, oh, I would just love the shot in the dark worked effectively. I would love it because it's just something that, you know, like it really could shake up the game. And I'm like, girl, you you said it here first. Like you manifested it. You did manifest destiny. Awesome will come in and say they have the con- to convince Caleb not to play a shot in the dark, but it will be Emily to catch Caleb first to alert him that the votes are pretty strongly against him. She will tell him that she wants him to have the chance to save himself and subtly advises him to use the shot in the dark. He will then subtly. ask her, what about Bruce? And she's like, oh yeah, 100% voting for you. Uh, see? Alliance maintenance. Key. He don't like you no more. Caleb has been trying to lower his threat level despite doing everything he can to do so, but they're coming after him. So he now has to play his right hand. He will tell Drew and Sifu that Bruce has an idol. And the next stage of the game is going to be fun to watch. This is why, yeah, this is why Caleb wanted to know who was going to have it. That was the key play earlier in the episode. (laughs) Caleb is now trying to rally Reba to get rid of Jay by sharing he is not working with Bruce or any of the bellum his 10 toes are down with it now bruce is going to demean his fellow bellow friends and tells them what he had at bella beach is done and they go with the masses and vote for caleb <laughs> brucey oh god don't it's dictate a, it's bad <laughs> Caleb says he is used to selling himself, but says people can sense desperation. He is bleeding at this point. He has to hope that the numbers go his way so he doesn't have to run around like a vigilante. He is not Batman. He's Caleb. He's the Canadian new superhero unlocked in the title of the episode. Uh, I mean, we all knew this was his title, right? Yeah, Yeah, they said it in the the preview. So I hate when they do that. I really, really don't like it. Well, there's no other Canadians, right? No, he's the only Canadian. So, like, first of all, we we knew that he was going to say this. And second, like, you, yeah, let's be a little bit more creative with this because they had, they released this like title episode, like the episode title, like episode four. So we knew Spoiler. that Caleb was going to be around till episode six at least. Um, and if we want to double down about Survivor spoiling themselves, um, the little teaser that they have in the intro was a shot in the dark thing so as soon as they started talking about the shot shot in the dark uh, and playing the shot in the dark i just well before the episode started i assumed that there was going to be a shot in the dark played successfully this episode um and then it was just a matter of who and 
ended up now being... let, let me ask you about that so we yeah. have obviously um in the og days of survivor there was always the previously on then when they're like no we need more time for content they got rid of the previously on now it's back how do you feel that it's back um it's somewhat nice i think that everybody that does intros and previously on should take a note from game of thrones in how the way that they set up their show um with an ever evolving intro and that's helping tell the story that we're having um and that the previously on should prime us for what's about to come i think that just a simple recap and having like this fun little same thing every week but like with a little a little something different um it's like a step in the right direction of what they're doing but right now i do think that don't get rid of the intro i love the intro it's just like it makes me happy previously on needs some work i don't necessarily think we need that as much as as they like the only thing it does for me is it opens the gambit a little bit to allow more audience members to watch survivor and enjoy it yeah, I mean, it is definitely the reality TV trope. It's a TV trope, and when it was gone for a while, it was it felt weird. But now that it's back, it feels weird. It feels weird, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think what they need to do is shorten it. I think it needs to be concise. And honestly, this sounds a little strange, but it would be great if if it was, like, narrated by Jeff, like, 100%. It was, like, previously on Survivor. Like, Bello is running around like crazy, and then you see Bello running around Or the around big like brother crazy. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, a UK survivor, you will see that the host narrates the show. Which is it's very British. Strange. It's a very British thing it's to do. so British. But I don't hate it. It's just strange and weird. Um, I think that we could use a little of that in the previous Yeah. Time. All right, 13 people. It's time to head to the biggest tribal of the season. And oh. for some, it's their first time at tribal. So go get your fire because fire represents life. Once your fire is gone, so are you. Just Jeff will kick things quick, off. Quick, quick little yeah, thing. That's a mistake in production. I don't think anyone should get to Mergatory without going to tribal council. I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. My opinion. That's fair. <laughs> Jeff will kick things off with Drew to ask what went down with the 13 people the day before. And he says they were sharing all kinds of things. Too much sharing for his taste. He says he felt like the nerd who accidentally walked into the frat party is everyone's extroverted. He uh-huh. says you have to straddle the line of, and still be Bello or Lulu. He says it's not clear who's who. And I was like, of course he had to talk about uh, the nerd at frat party because that's his everyday life. Has to. Has to. Yeah. It's his story. Yeah. It's a memo. Emily will tell Jeff that she and Bruce squashed the beef. Where's the beef? At Wendy's. Jay says yesterday was overwhelming and she has been with Reba members since the beginning of the game and suddenly she has to decide quickly who you vibe with. You have a ton of time and then you have no time at all. Sifu will reveal that Kendra set up office hours where they checked in and Kendra reveals she had to close her office hours because of the 12 voices as she already had multiple voices in her head. Uh, There's a doctor for that. Mm-hmm. And Julie notes that there were a lot of non-office hours. What are your thoughts on office hours? Oh my god, it's like yeah, I I I love having game bots play the game. I love having super fans play the game. I also hate it because then you have conversations like this where it's like, oh well, now let's organize how we scramble. Let's organize how we do. No, like yes, okay, like I'm a, a, come talk to me, and then then after you were done, we're gonna split up and then we'll switch. It's like. Yeah, that works for like LRGs and like short form games, but I want secret conversations. I want people having, I don't want it to be an organized office hours thing. So you're not here for speed dating either. 
no. I, it's it's <laughs> bound to happen, but and I think that's like the facade that you put out there. But I I want the I want the under under wrap conversations. Yeah. I want like the Caleb and Emily moments of being like, clear your shot in the dark. Emily will say that she that that does not paint the whole picture. She says six of them have been sitting there thinking, what can they do to see if they're tushies? And I was like, tushies, that's a cute word. She knows that she's on a TV show for kids. Yeah. Katura <laughs> says it's inevitable that all of their names will be written down and she cannot think about that moment or the concept of it. She will share that Sifu asked how to spell her name. And she's like, why? Funny move, but dude, come on. Don't never do ask someone how to spell their You know Sifu was doing it as a joke, though. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's just a faux pas on Survivor. Like, you don't even do that in, in, in like, one-day games. Like, you, but, you just... Yeah. I mean, I'm yes. sure you won't... It'll be for you when you get the votes to be the winner, but I'm sure you'll get an H or a K at some points. I will, I will at one point be like, it's an H, it's an H. Just, just scream it, it from there. the voting booth. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Kayla's thought process is he is an optimist and wants to work with people, but says when your name gets thrown out enough times, you have to think how you can be safe and who can talk to to make clear that he is maybe a big threat, but not... Th- the most strategic threat interesting choice words here this is going to be the yeah. line for the rest of this tribal big mm-hmm. threat versus strategic threat are they not one and the same i think the semantics of it could be cha- altered a little bit to make it a little bit more clear but i don't think he's wrong i mm-hmm. think that there is a big threat in caleb as an individual who is having a strong social game and well connected versus the strategic or perhaps um uh, like a logical threat or like the law it's like short-term versus long-term threats sure. i think is a better way to put it is yeah caleb might be a big threat now but he's right he doesn't really have anybody meanwhile he correctly called out d julie and jay maya as three strong women that are working together even though they all hate jay so like there is power in having a block of three vote together at this point in the game so Get rid of one of them. Make it just two so we can like level the playing field because the longer those three would last in the game, the longer the three they might actually realize they could pull stuff, stuff together and, hey, pull a Reba three moment. So, yeah, semantics are off, but he's right. He says his name has been out there as there hasn't been a tribal where it wasn't. He says when you're at this low, there's a happiness of every day you get to connect. The Lulu curse has not lifted. Is it a Lulu curse or just the way it went? And Emily's like, what, are you sure about it, Jeff? Um, it's a curse. The numbers are saying something. And she reveals that the tribe di- dynamics are no longer relevant. It's become an individual game. The Lulu curse will end tonight. Jay says you have to go with the people you know you built connections with or you might be there tomorrow and you, those burned bridges will get you the next day. Caleb will say that it might come down to a few votes, so he might be the biggest threat, but he is not the biggest strategic threat. And Sifu will ask, who comes to mind? And he says it makes sense for everybody to write down Jay. And thus, Jeff is no longer a narrator here. He's getting to sit back and watch because the contestants are taking over. It's the best for the travel council. I love when that happens. It's the best. And I think that part of it is... That, you know, you have Jeff's questions, and I, after 45 seasons, it's like, it tends to be a bit repetitive, and he's just trying to pull stuff out. And I think he is trying to get to this point in every tribal council where it is people actively playing. Uh, You have D right there turning to him and saying, "Um, no, you said my name at a tribal council, which another faux pas, don't bring up my name at tribal council. 
I was sitting here quietly. You don't need to bring me into this. And now you've made an enemy out of me. So the game is developing even in this moment. So I think that I don't know particularly where the votes were going to go, if everyone was voting for Caleb or if it was going to be a couple uh, outlier votes somewhere else. But I think that this conversation cemented that all of them were going to vote for Caleb. Absolutely. And that's what's so fun about a somewhat live tribal council. Jay is like, it's very curious. So she's interested why uh, he's the biggest threat. And he says a lot of people have talked to him as a physical and social threat, but he thinks the most dangerous thing is there a, to be a block of three Reba women who have been there together for 13 days. He thinks for Dee and Julie, there is an opportunity for them to let go of Jay to lower their threat level. Caleb will say that if they're moving into a tribe of 12, it would mean it would be three votes that have already been cemented and anybody can go home and they will lose the power of the game. So Dee will ask him to mention other threats while he's at it and he's just comfortable with what he said. Jay will try to share with the class that Caleb is a self-admitted biggest threat in the game and he will say not strategically, he's by himself. What does he have if he goes into the next round? Well, he says he can't do anything to change the course of the game, which is a bold-faced lie. Oh, buddy. Dee wants to know how do they trust him if he is by himself and he's trying to find a home. Nobody knows. She feels strongly about this as she heard her name and she's Cuban and has to push and fight. So she will she will float. Does she want to work with him now that she's had his her name thrown out? Silly Goose Jay will remind everyone that this is now an individual game and Caleb is a player who was losing and is sitting there. And she says, if you don't think he will be a threat to your game, she she can't imagine it. And I was like, Caleb is a salesman. Jay likes music. Maybe sing your thoughts because it's not work. The words are not working. I couldn't agree more. Um, she was not, not doing... good at fighting. No, no. And it was pretty apparent here. And then that kind of made me think of like a little bit more of why she was in the position that she is in. You can't advocate for yourself in that sense. Yeah. Drew will try to get in Jeff's good graces and says, there were a lot of big swings and he can't wait to see if they were home runs or strikeouts. Way to oh, try it all, boy. Oh, God, I almost threw up when he said that. It's time to vote. And when I saw there was still 10 minutes left in the runtime, I knew shit was about to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will watch everyone take their track to the voting booth. As with Caleb, he's just going to scream out Jay's name. And I was like, that's the classic survivor I love. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> We will see that Austin will not be voting as he will sacrifice it and turns his idol into a fully-fledged idol. Jeff returns with the votes, but first, who's got an idol advantage to play? Caleb. He played the shot on dark and it reads safe. Will it work for him? Well, 11 votes for Caleb are negated. There are zero votes. The shot in the dark worked and Jeff is like, sorry, fuckers, this advantage is not leaving. Nine times and it finally worked. (laughs) <laughs> oh god i this is when i lost all sanity as a survivor fan um it was exciting to watch i was thrilled to see it happen and then as soon as the excitement that caleb was safe was warring off i said why didn't anyone throw a vote anywhere else i don't understand it's bad the, gameplay the other thing did no one do the math to realize they were one vote short. They did not. They were too flabbergasted by the fact that he got a safety. Because even in the trailer, even in the preview on Nexton, they Caleb's talking about how 
all 12 votes were negated. Like they do not understand that someone didn't vote at this, which makes me think when you have 12, 13 people voting at a tribal council, like it is so easy to throw a vote somewhere else because if you can't even count, who's going to be like, well, the seventh vote was clearly Dee's vote because of her handwriting. Like, no, some of these people haven't been to tribal council. So if you want to protect yourself, Jay, vote for anyone else other than the target that is not you. It just, it just, it, it blew me away. I was like, after 45 seasons, it feels like we're- Listen, 12 is a very one. big number to count to. It is. It is, it is. It's like two more than 10, and I only have this many fingers, so it's I can't time blame them that. <laughs> Uh, but first, we have to scramble to figure out who to put the votes on. With a live tribal afoot, we see Jay pitching to Katora to put the votes on Emily, but Katora wants to make sure Jay can actually get the votes, and the silly goose believes she can. We see Emily and Bruce chat, and the consensus to go with Jay. We see Bella agree to something while Jay is pitching her Reba people hard on Emily. Jay is really trying hard to get herself safety, and everyone is just nodding, but I don't think anyone said anything to her. No. No, it was her going around to everyone, and she would say Emily, and everyone would go, okay, mm-hmm. Emily, 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 sure. The sure. re-vote is here by a vote of 10 to 1. Jay is finally out. My prediction for weeks finally gets me points in the Fantasy League. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Yay. Jay with Jay voting Emily. Congrats, gang. You made the merge. Oh, All right. Um, who benefited most, and where do you go from here? I think that the person that benefited the most from the situation is not Reba, is not Emily or Caleb. So it's a Bellow member. I think that Katura benefits from this. Mm-hmm. I think Jake benefits from this. Um, I don't think Kendra or Bruce benefit from this at all. Um, and am I missing? And then Kelly's in the middle still, isn't she? So she is. I guess she's still in the middle so i don't think she benefits or loses anything from this but i do think that the people walking away with the most success from this situation would be a katura oh in austin i guess because he got a little him and kelly have an upgraded amulet now and he's um, still and now he has a full idol he, he does have a full idol upgraded so twice jeez he is he is doing some good stuff with his advantages but uh yes, he is. yeah I, I i i think that those bellow members are going to benefit the most from this i don't think this is good a good result for um d and julie even though d is my survivor soul survivor pick um i still have hope for her but this could be the first depending on how she retaliates i think i'm curious to see if she's able to get caleb out in the next episode perhaps then i think we are i can be safe to think that d can slay another day but if things stop continuing to go like poorly for D, then I'm getting I'm going to start getting a little bit more anxious for her her life in the game. Um, All right, let's. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Right. Let's do it. What is Jay's legacy? Oof, rough. Uh, her legacy is sweater vest, um, welcome signed in the sand. <laughs> for me, she she is now my second official silly goose last season silly goose was jamie obviously oh, this great. season it's jay so i can't wait to see who continues the legacy of silly gooses oh, i like that yeah um, that's good such bad gameplay it was it was embarrassing it, it really i hope her music's better than her gameplay I, well, it's on spotify <laughs> and i haven't checked it out yet so maybe i 
Maybe I got Who to. won the week? Who had the best episode? Oh, I think... I mean, it's easy to say Caleb won the week, but I don't think he did because he survived. But, oof, his, tar- his threat level is through the roof. Um, I think Emily wins, and I'm going to say I think Katura wins. I think those Yeah, I would games. go with the two of them. I think they both had excellent um, moments, and I think any doubts you had for certain players, um, they're sitting pretty now. Yes, yeah. Who's in danger, girl? Oh, uh, Sifu's in danger as always. Caleb's in danger as always. Bruce is in danger. Um, actually ranked from like most insulated to least, like most safe to least safe. And the bottom three are Bruce, Caleb, and Sifu right now for me. Um, um, we are sw- yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say we're switching to the point where it's physical. These three are already names have been thrown out there. Would have been voted out if given the opportunity. Let's finish the job before they come back and haunt people. So those three, I think, are at risk next week. Obviously, we know it's a split travel next week. Things are going to get crazy. On paper, you would think that the two easy votes would be Caleb and Bruce. You know how reality TV shows work. We can't have nice things. You know the two of them are going to be on the same tribe, so one of them is not going. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I feel like... Well, I'll submit my form tonight, but I think Caleb is going to be the one I'm going to say is the next out because, again, it's an easy consensus vote. And again, Emily was smart putting her vote with the majority. But alas, I don't know if she is going to be able to save him any further. Like that was her one shot and Fancy's going to let him down. Come on, Reba referenced. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm worried about them, and I'm also thinking that in the trailer, the preview, we saw Jake saying something about not voting D out, but weakening D. So I think with the tr- the challenge that we know it's going to be the poll mm-hmm. is going to her big old toe is going to win her a big old probably. The so other we- person that I'm a little curious about, and maybe it's just because I can't fucking stand him, weakening D would also mean you could knock out Drew. I'm ready for it. Listen here. Um, I The only reason I don't think Drew could be going next week is I think we're at a point now where if we continue, you want to get further in the game. Something like the safety without power that Drew has in his pocket isn't something that is, I think, a, a, it's hard to play safety without power correctly, I think. Um, and making a big move out of it. It's easy to take yourself out of a situation, but then you screw over your numbers, could screw, like, really frustrate them. Um, playing against someone else is a move that could potentially win you clout, but if you got voted out doing that, like, pie in your face, you're out. So I think that this next tribal council, I would, I it would be, I, I, I think Drew probably will use his safety without power on himself. Especially if he's in the minority of numbers. Exactly. Um, I think Bruce will play his idol. Um, I think Austin actually might hold on to his idol um, if everything goes according to plan. I think that, like, depending on, again, numbers, um, Austin doesn't seem close to leaving to me. I think he's quite insulated. So, Drew, I I would be more worried about if it wasn't for the safety without power in his pocket. Yeah. But, hey, Egos gets the best of some survival players. Oh, I'd love to see him go home with it in his pocket. (laughs) After six episodes, the winner of the season is... Oof. You know, I got back my girl D. She's right. She's smack dab in my uh, insulated and uh, vulnerable list. Um, I think what she is doing 
um, so far, I think could get her to the end. She isn't laying back. She is pushing when she needs to, which is like a winner, which, which is an edit that we haven't gotten for a while because everyone's been so cozy and safe. Um, I'd love for her to win. But also, my eyes are... I mean, I think Emily is too obvious to be a winner at this point. I think that she will be our fallen hero, our fallen angel. Um, but between oh, you, you know she's getting the first phone call for Second Chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. She'll be back in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. her and I want to see Emily and uh, Carolyn play together so bad. Give me those two. Mm-hmm, Give me those mm-hmm. two. But I think the winner is either – I want it to be D. I think it's D at this point still. I think it could be Katora. Uh, she's had some good episodes coming up. She was my winner pick from the very beginning. Um, and when I met her I, and we took a terrible photo, I said, if you win, I'm posting this photo. And I'm very happy because I think I might get to post that photo. Yeah. Um, just because of the edit, I'm very much, after this episode, happy about where she is. Because mm-hmm. early on, they made her feel like, oh, she's on the outs. She's not really playing well. But everything she's been saying has been accurate. And now people are catching up to realize, oh, wait, Katora knows what to do. Let me stick with her because she's got the read. My only worry about her edit so far of what we've been getting is Katora has had this flip floppy positive negative type thing that we're getting. So she could we could get we could get her in the finale, but not Mm -hmm. have her win. We could even get her in the final three and not have her win. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially she's after move, having, She's got to make a move. And like, as we saw in this last week with, with Jake saying that we've been trying to get her out, that was shocking to me because I thought that it was, and I guess, yes, Jake is working with Bruce. So like it would be Bruce and him getting Katura out as we, but it made it feel like the entire tribe was mm-hmm. trying to get Katura out, keeping it the idol from her. So Despite her being accurate and honest, that's kind of why I'm feeling a little bit more D than Kintura. But my feelers are out. I, I will put money on the fact that I think we're getting a female winner this year. I agree and, 100%. Uh, yeah. I can't and I, again, one last comment about uh, three women. They all thought it was the Reba three. I think it's the Bella three that are the stronger. The September ladies. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. I mean, we have 90 minutes so they have a lot of fluff but i don't think we would have seen that conversation unless it I would agree. have some traction down the way so you know we get we have like katura kelly and kendra those three yeah and I i'm am. happy mm-hmm. all right where can we find you on social media venmo and any projects you want to apply oh amazing so uh yeah instagram i'm you can find me at zach fife z-a-c-h-f-i-f-e you can also check out Sir Pfeiffer Adventures, uh, uh, which will be my LRG webpage. You see the last two games have been posted live there, uh, and we'll be posting the, the seasons as we edit them together. So four in the can, so you got four seasons to look forward to as soon as I get around to editing them. Um, other than that, Venmo, that is such a great option. You know, at Zach-Pfeiffer, if you ever feel like you want to contribute to my Sir Pfeiffer lore. Um, and if you want to get involved in a fantasy league, you can email me at uh, surfeiferadventure at gmail.com. No S there. Um, but yeah, you can find me in a lot of places. We have, we're planning on doing three seasons of Surfeifer next year. So if you're interested in doing an East-West Coast long day format game, we got those going. Um, but I'm also wanting to do a couple one-day games as well. So if you don't want the commitment and just want to put your, uh, your money where your mouth is for a one-day game, uh, we'll be having those in Brooklyn uh, as well. So a lot mm-hmm. of places to find. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to do it. Yeah, come on out. 
Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a blast. This was awesome. I love talking Survivor, especially with other people that love Survivor as much as I do. So it's, it's a gift.